Hey everyone, Chris here again with another intro for the next podcast. Uh, as you guys know, we were advertising, uh, we're going to have Alex Greaves on the podcast, aka I'd be crazy and talk about all kinds of antennas and airplanes and FPV racing. It was really going to be fun and we got ready to go and we couldn't find Alex and we couldn't get in touch with Alex and we were really worried about Alex. So we went ahead and just kind of threw a show together. It's definitely probably not a fantastic show, but we got through it and got some content for you guys. And we were actually really worried about Alex. We weren't sure what happened. And after the podcast, finally he got in touch with us and let us know he had some serious technical issues and difficulties and couldn't reach us and was really bummed out. So we're going to try it again on the next podcast. We're going to get Alex on and try it again, see what happens. Hopefully he's got everything fixed and the podcast will be a little better. So without further ado... Here we go for the podcast. Thanks for listening. You're killing me. Hug your ears. Here we go. I got too much stuff going on over here. I need a producer. Welcome, everybody. RC After Hours back in the $60 studio. Thanks for joining us today. In studio, Mike Coolins, as usual. Hello, everyone. On the line up there in the Great White North, Andre Russo. Good morning! And I know if you guys are just joining us live, which nobody is yet for some weird reason, maybe we're not out there, I don't know. Uh, I joined. Did you? You on? Yeah. We are supposed to have Alex Grieve, a.k.a. IB Crazy, on the show this morning, but we can't find him. He's MIA. I think he's sleeping in. Alex, if you're out there, wake up, buddy. (laughs) We're going to get you on the show. (laughs) Uh, You know, this is like deja vu because this isn't the first time this has happened remember when we had Stuart? he kind of Stuart. Yeah. yeah he's like oh my gosh oh my gosh anyway here we are rc after hours what is this zero zero three yeah this would be show three and i'm just trying to tag this bad boy hey hey andre i'm wearing this shirt for you buddy yeah, you can't see it. It says, keep, keep trucking. trucking. Yeah, I saw you where you flipped that <laughs> <Nice>. over. <laughs> oh, don't, don't. Let's, let's, not, let's not go down that road, but. Uh, oh, boy. Um, no, we're having fun with the with the trucks. Or the truck. The currently. truck. 
You've the truck currently. Oh, do you you want to let in on that? That is funny. So um, the James pulled me aside. He says the other day he goes, so um, are are you seriously you know considering a, a second truck? You know that way the two of us can drive together. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. 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 Way, way to tug on the poor dad's heartstrings and everything, right? So it's like, oh well. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I am gonna be down in Ohio in the fall, or sorry, later on this in, in May. So if I want to pick something up down there mm-hmm. and take advantage of the, you know, my duty free and stuff. So we'll see what happens. You know, there's there's so many possibilities, but uh, we're actually gonna go and pick up some rocks of all things after oh, no. after the show later today. I, I put a note out in a couple they're friends. Like, oh, yeah, we got a bunch of stuff. Uh, sorry? Are you guys rock painting? No, they're for no, no, rock no. crawling. Pla- rock oh. crawling with the truck. I was like, yeah. Because I knew some yeah. people were into the rock painting or oh. whatever. So. No, 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 no. So we're, we're just having some fun. We've got some space in the back. But it, it's just one of those, you know, like the last couple of days have been well, Actually, right now, it's probably beautiful flying time. And, of course, what are we doing? We're podcasting. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's the same here. Beautiful morning. It's yes. supposed to be nice. I'm going um, flying later this afternoon. I don't care. I'm going out. Oh, the really? batteries are charged on the Phantom. I'm probably going to take the... What the heck is that big wing? Andre Altera. Oh, the Altera. That's... <laughs> I, I had a long <laughs> long night last night me too. <laughs> I, I haven't got my coffee yeah, down yeah. yet, so you have to excuse me a little I'm bit. I'm a little swishy in the stomach. Ooh, man. And we have nobody for some weird reason. Hopefully are we live? Are we up on Facebook? Yeah, there's a few yeah. people. Because mine's showing zero. Yeah, I see some. Alright. Anyway, um, hopefully Alex will get viewing, uh, it says. Oh, okay. Alex will get back. Oh, you know why? I think because you I'm doing something a little something. bit different. Uh, no, I'm going. Um, first of all, for all you guys that are helping us out on Patreon.com, thank you. Holy cow. It's been unbelievable. Yeah, I haven't got to see any of that. And hopefully it keeps going. We're, we're getting there slowly, but real quick, some of you guys, like, you know, when we started, it was like, out, yeah. yeah, you know, throw us a dollar, you know, or a couple bucks or whatever, you know, you're comfortable with. But there are a few people that are really like, I was shocked at, you know, what they're they're That's helping awesome. us with. So real quick for you guys that did help us on Patreon, thank you very much. But especially thank you to Tim Baker, Dan Perriel, Russell Kastner, Ron Losser, Brandon Curry, and Paul Davis. Like you guys went way above and beyond what anything that thank I expected. So Thanks so much. We appreciate it. Um, keep sending in your crash stories. RC... Oh Afterhourspodcast.com. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's funny. Um, while we're still waiting on Alex, uh, I got something here, and I don't know if you guys will find this interesting, but I thought I might, and I wanted to uh, share a few things with you guys. Everybody heard of the Wright Brothers, right? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, okay, wasn't sure if the Canadians knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they're one of the first, you know, uh, they were considered the first to sustain powered flight in 1903. Well, my son, I don't know how, they're neither one of them are into flying. They had to, or my youngest had to do this big project, and they had this whole giant list of people, like 50 people. And who does he pick? Orville Wright. Out of everybody, <laughs> they had like athletes sure. and famous people and just and he why he picked him i have no idea cool so i didn't do anything i i can't take any credit for this because i was busy working this week and it was a rough week so my wife was doing all the research but 
she pulled up all kinds of facts on these and you know you learn a little bit in high school about it yeah but some of the stuff that you know i i was it was pretty interesting how they got started and what they did and I just figured I'd share a few of the things with you guys if you're interested, but I, I found it kind of interesting. First thing, you know, obviously they were brothers, and how they got interested in flying was in 1878. Just think back how far that was. Their dad returned home one evening with a gift, and he tossed it in the air, and instead of it falling on the floor the the brothers recalled in 19 in a 1908 magazine articles when they were talking about it, it flew across the room until it struck the ceiling where it fluttered and sank slowly to the floor the model helicopter made of cork bamboo paper and powered by a rubber band memorized the boys and sparked their passion for aviation and of course back in the late 1800s nobody really finished school or not a lot of people but neither uh, uh, one of them actually even finished school but what they did uh, before they got into flying is they they started a newspaper company and in 1889 the brothers began to publish a weekly newspaper called the West Side News which was really weird two neither one of them never got married they said they didn't have time for a wife (laughs) neither one of them (laughs) Uh, Another interesting fact that I didn't know is the Wright brothers um, only ever, out of their lifetime, flew together one time. And because they made a promise to their father that he feared that losing both their sons in an airplane accident. So way after they did their first powered flight uh, in 1910... They conned their dad into getting in, in an airplane with them, and because he, he was scared to death, like, "Oh, you guys are nuts! You, you can't fly together. There's, you know, no yeah. way." So in 1910, the brothers shared a six-minute flight near Dayton, Ohio, with Orville piloting and Wilbur the passenger. And after landing, Orville took his 82-year-old father on his first and only flight. And as Orville gained elevation, his his dad was so excited, and he didn't want to stop, and he just kept telling him to go higher and higher and higher, and it was one of the best things in his wow. life. I thought that was kind of neat. Let's see. Uh, Another weird fact that I didn't know about is the brothers only made four flights in the Wright Flyer on December 17, 1903. That was it. Orville and Wilbur stood discussing the final flight when a sudden, strong gust of wind caught a hold of the aircraft and flipped it several times. The aircraft sustained such heavy damage to its ribs, motor, and chain guides that it was beyond repair. The uh, right flyer was crated back up and sent to Dayton and never flown again after that. Hmm. The only the other crazy thing was Orville was involved in the first fatal aviation accident. I don't know if that's something to be proud of. It says, after their success in 1903, the Wright brothers continued their aircraft development and marketed two passenger Wright military flyers to the U.S. Army, which required demonstration. On September 17, 1908, Orville took to the air for a demonstration flight at Fort Myer, Virginia, with Army Signal uh, Corps Lieutenant Thomas Selfridge as a passenger. Just a few minutes into the flight, the propeller suddenly disintegrated. The aircraft spiraled out of control, smashed into the ground at full speed. Rescuers pulled an unconscious Selfridge from the wreck, and the lieutenant died hours later. Orville was hospitalized for six weeks after suffering a broken leg, four broken ribs, and a back injury that impaired him for the rest of his life. 
Another fact. Good. What? Pretty crazy. That's that pretty crazy. crazy. Another fact I thought was kind of funny is Orville refused to donate the right flyer to the Smithsonian Institute for years. And it said in uh, 1903, the Wright Flyer was the most popular at exhibits in the Smithsonian, Smithsonian, I cannot talk today, Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum. But for decades, Orville refused to donate the aircraft to the National Institution. In 1914, the Smithsonian attempted to restore the reputation of its former secretary, Samuel Langley, whose experiments with his Langley Aerodome ended in failure nine days before the Wright brothers first left the ground. By altering the aircraft and then concluding it was the first machine capable of man flight, a furious Orville loaned the Wright Flyer overseas to the London Science Museum in 1925, believing it to be the only way of correcting the history of the flying machine, which by false and misleading statements had been perverted by the Smithsonian Institute. After that, the Smithsonian admitted in 1940s to misrepresenting the Langley Aerodome. Orville agreed to donate the aircraft finally to the institution. It arrived in there in 1948, nearly a year after Orville's death. I thought that was kind of funny. And last but not least, this one I had no idea. Neil Armstrong carried a piece of the right flyer with him to the moon. Neil Armstrong came the first man to step foot on the moon, obviously in 1969. Inside his spacesuit pocket was a piece of muslin fabric from the left wing of the original 1903 right flyer, along with a piece of a of the wood from the airplane's left propeller. Awesome. I didn't know that. That's awesome. I thought that was some, you know, there's a few more, but that was, you know. Oh, okay. One, one more thing real quick. This was kind of funny, too. Thanks to a towing cost, Orville was the first brother airborne. The brothers tossed a coin to see who would be the first one to test the right flyer on the sands of Kill Devil Hills, North Carolina. Older brother Wilbur won the toss, but the first attempt on 1914, or I'm sorry, December 14th, 1903 was unsuccessful and caused minor damage to the aircraft. Three days later, Orville, in a coat and tie, lay flat on his stomach on the plane's lower wing and took the controls. At 10.35 a.m., the right flyer moved down the guiding rail and Wilbur, running alongside to balance the machine, for 12 seconds, the aircraft left the ground before touching down 120 feet away in the soft sands. The brothers exchanged turns at the controls three more times that day, and each flight covered an increasing distance, with Wilbur's final flight lasting nearly a minute and covering a distance of 852 feet. There you have it. Cool. I just thought that was... I didn't know that. But you got to wonder if it, if the wind wouldn't have taken it and smashed it all up, do you th- you know what what they would have done? Oh, oh, they probably would have went further and further and further as everything else does these but, days, right? So with a backpack. I guess surprisingly though, like you you went that far. Why you would think they would like, hey, we got to build another one, or we got to do, we got to continue this, or did it just freak them out so bad and scare them? Like, okay, we did it, we're done, we're out. I, I just find it interesting that they didn't do more with it. I don't know. Or come back with it, yeah, with a revised design and just keep plugging away at it. Yeah, right. Either way, either way, it sparked uh, it sparked well generations uh, of 
thought and you know mm-hmm. mindset that that flight was something that you know man wanted to do yeah <laughs> oh that sounded bad actually <laughs> people people wanted to do that's better <laughs> oh boy all right so let's, go ahead while i'm pulling up some news uh, here go ahead uh, hey, look, people are sending in some really, really awesome logos, man. Oh, yes. I, uh, Talk about that yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Oh, they're, keep them coming. There's a couple that, that I know I, I like, but we're going to wait. We want to actually, I think we're, are we going to do a poll? I think that would be fun to do. We could do a poll, uh, sure. Yeah, I think we should. Once we get a few more, uh, entries in, uh, and we can, you know, design something up or, and just, we're getting there. And I kind of like to do that very soon because I think I'd like to see us to have our logos, you know, on, on ball caps and, mm-hmm. and maybe t-shirts and stickers, right? Ball cap, ball cap, ball cap, guy with the ball cap. Look oh, at the camera. Oh, oh me? <laughs> me? <laughs> Sorry. Well, and before oh everybody God. dives off the deep end and goes, where's the hats? We want hats. Now, this this was an accident here. So, like I said, we're trying to get a logo. And once we finalize a logo and we get it and we try to get some hats and shirts, we were, we were in the mall cruising around. My son, oldest son wanted to go to Champs, which is that funky hat store and everything. So, I was in there looking around. They actually had a few motocross hats. So, I was looking at them and I'm like... They're thirty dollars. I I refuse to pay like thirty dollars. Fitted hats, I assume. Some were fitted, some were snapbacks. It just depends. So this lady was in there and happened to know my wife, and they're chit chatting, and it was her husband's birthday, and blah blah blah. So she was having a hat made for him. I didn't think nothing of it. I didn't care, or whatever. And then she said, you know, hey, it's like fifty percent off if you you know buy the hat and get whatever you want. Blah blah blah. And my wife's like, hey, you should just for the heck of it make an RC after hours hat. Never even crossed my mind. If she wasn't there, or I didn't. Want, I would have never. Yeah. I'm like, ding ding. Okay, Duh, so yeah. picked out you know a hat and a couple colors, and 15 minutes later, I got a RC after hours hat. So it's a one off. I don't know. Maybe we'll. <laughs> Maybe we'll raffle it off or something. <laughs> Somebody can get a one-off RC after hours hat. I don't know. So uh, that's. I know uh, Laura did that for me a couple of years ago. I got some. I had some for the uh, the Fiat race team. So I had about three or four of those made. So, so one one hangs on the shelf, and the rest all went to the the crew and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, those are fun. But uh, I like I said, there's there's one logo that I really like. Um, we'll wait I and do, see how. Yeah, uh, yeah we're kind of yeah, leaning so. towards one, and we'll. Uh, yeah. Got to share that. With by you. Yeah, but uh, it's uh, it's coming along, and um, I will be later on this week. Well, no, sorry, later on this week when nothing is happening for me for the rest of the week for some reason. Um, but uh, I'm working on porting the website over to a new system, which will let us blog and comment and and all that other good stuff. But that just takes a few man hours, so we're getting there slowly. Yep. Uh, and uh, we're actually trying a new streaming service as well. So, you yeah, know, for well, the, uh, the live show. Yeah, I did find out something I don't like. It's not a big deal. But, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll see how it works. The quality's supposed to be a little bit better, and we'll, we'll go from there. I don't know. Yep. Uh, a couple news stories I want to talk about. Uh, the first one, and the reason I'm going to bring this up, we'll, we'll get into it, but let me f- do the story first, and then I'll tell you why I'm bringing this up. Um, in 2015, a fatal crash directed by an obsolete map, National Transportation Safety Board says, 
Uh, pilot Joseph Milo died and his passenger was injured Sunday. This was in 2015, August 16th, in a crash in a single-engine plane on Long Island Railroad tracks in Hicksville. Hicksville. Yeah. A pilot who died two years after this plane crash in Hicksville was mistakenly directed to a long, shuttered airport for an emergency landing by air traffic control using an obsolete map. According to new federal analysis, the controller's radar video map displayed a Bethpage landing strip at the nearest airfield, but this airfield was closed for 25 years and is built over. The National Transportation Safety Board said in the report, the Federal Aviation Administration's failure to keep its air traffic controller's maps current was one of the factors the NTSB cited on March 29th analysis of the crash. Michael Canners, director of the Aviation Center in Farmingdale State College, who read the NTSB report, was taken aback by the obsolete maps. I can't explain it. I am certainly surprised at it, he said. To me, the out-of-date map is what is causing the confusion. The FAA in a statement said that since November 28, 2016, it has made certain all closed airports are deleted from its maps. Okay, remember this. November 28th, 2016, all closed airports are deleted from its maps. More than a year after the August 16th, 2015 crash in which a sole passenger survived, the system is updated weekly to identify inaccurate airport data. The crash occurred for one reason and one reason only because they directed him to a closed runway that didn't even exist. Oh, I got an advertisement. No. Anyway... Talk about panic mode. Holy moly. Yeah. My point being on this is I decided, you know, here in the States, and I don't know what they're going to do for you guys up in Canada, Andre, but the FAA put that before you fly app out. And it really, to me, kind of, in a way, is a joke. So I decided after reading that story, I grabbed the app and pulled it up, Mike, and I'll see if I can even pull it up here while we're talking about it, and started looking around my area. Sure. Okay? What I found out was several airports, it's already given me a warning. It says, warning, action required. You within five miles of an airport. And if you go to map... To see which one it is. Yep. It shows where we're at and what we're surrounded by. So I started looking at airports around on the map. The ones closest to us, two of them don't exist. They're not even, Andre, they're not, I mean, there's remnants of them. Like, you could drive down the road and actually see kind of like where the runway is, but there's, they're, they're done. Inactive. Yeah, right. You know, really the closest thing we have is, is the major Akron Canton Airport, which according to this, we are right outside the five-mile diameter, so we're good to fly. But the rest of them on here that we are within. <laughs> so they didn't update it for their app. No. Obviously. So for all of us... If they don't have it updated there, what's our feeling that they have it updated for controllers? (laughs) (laughs) That was my point. My whole point, you know. Oh, my gosh. So, once again... The left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. I mean, come on, people. You know, you can't even get it right in in an application. So, what what I wanted to do is just throw it out there to everybody. If you are using this app and you have... Whether it be a heliport or an airport, because I know Wayne is even said he's like, man, according to him, where he lives, there's a couple, you know, strips right around They're pretty there. much everywhere because they haven't deleted any of them. Yeah, but <laughs> at least go check and see, yeah. hey, is this an active airport? Is it still here? What's going on? Is it closed? Yeah. You know what I mean? 
Wow. I found that like, whoa, crazy. That'll be that'll be interesting to see what happens up up here now then. If they well, I mean they're talking about some kind of app and other people now, are talking is, is about there, that. in your mind, is there a difference between an inactive and like a build on one? I mean a build on one should be like big time maxed off. Well, like, like for emergency landings, like could they still land on these inactive inactive Yeah, ones? like the one I'm just curious. Here, I don't know. Here's an example, and I bet Mikey probably never realized if you go down I can't think if it if it's high mill or Lutz, one of the two over here off of Portage, if you drive down about a mile on the Right-hand side is the Canal Fulton Airport. Did you know that? Yeah, I, I've seen it. You've labeled. seen it? I've never, I never saw it. Now, if you go enough. over and look, you'll see a big giant field, a house, and maybe the remnants of an old hangar in the back of the house. That's it with farm okay. fields all. You know what I mean? It's not like an airport. Now, could you make an emergency landing? If you've seen it, <laughs> it's, yeah. you know what I mean? But you're really gambling on yeah. that. Yeah. And I think, it, I don't know, I'd have to look at a new uh, updated sectional VFR chart. It may be labeled on there as like a small private airport now. I don't I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But according to the Fly Before You Fly app, that is the Canal Fulton Active <laughs> Airport there. See, I mean, it's like, I, I don't know. There needs to be a difference between an active and an emergency uh, landing. Yes. Too. I mean, I, if I it agree. is a field, you could technically land. Sure. You don't even want to be landing in buildings and things, obviously. Yeah, but right, if right. If it's built on, that's big time closed in my mind. Yeah, which makes a world of difference. But I don't think you should have that on the Before You Fly app. Yeah. It's, there's not airplanes oh, coming in. Oh, I agree. I agree. So come on, there needs FAA. to be some differences. Yeah, there. what are they? What do you think they're going to be doing in Canada? Are they working on any more? Are they coming out with some goofy app or what's what's happening up there? I, I assume. Well, I assume that's a bad thing, but um, I presume they're going to be coming up with an app um, and, and mapping that kind of thing out. You know, you know, are you fly safe to fly? I think was the Canadian terminology that they use. But of course, right now we're in the middle of that that. You know they're in the middle of still discussing what they want to do, and of course, this past week we we had an incident here in Ottawa, um, and that lit up like a like my email popped up because of that one because everybody was asking what I thought, and it was mm-hmm. like, Erf, great, thank you." Basically, in short, less than five kilometers from the airport, at fifteen hundred feet, uh, an Air Canada, I want to say a Jazz flight which is a smaller commuter plane um they spotted what the, the they they did a drone call there was a full radio call on uh, on the on the news article with the pilot describing it well they just said they just saw a drone but at 1500 feet um and so i looked real quick too and the ground speed that day for the the wind at the airport was like 16 kilometers an hour so at 1500 feet it must have been moving pretty good so i don't think this was a small drone by any stretch of the imagination at 1500 feet either so um who knows who knows what's going on um it's not the first time we've had something like this too so i i'm I'm at the point thinking this can't be, you know, recreational. It's probably not commercial in the sense of someone who's doing aerial photography. So this is probably something bigger, but it shouldn't be, uh, you know, in that area. Sorry, there's a phone ringing in the background here. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so yeah, it was. It's a full-on report. I, you know, and it was just. It's just annoying that that came out this week of everything going on, and we're dealing with, you know, the rules and, and um, the proposed new changes and everything to the hobby. And then this happens. So it's like, oh, come on, you know, and 
you know so it's like ah Bad timing you know. for and, sure and, and we're in that thing right now where, where the new rules nine kilometers from anything. So yeah, if there is an inactive airport or it's just some silly strip or something that someone has tagged, you mm-hmm. know, in theory, you know, the, the the warnings will pop up. Um, and you know, as the apps update for for the newer model, um, uh, you know, even the DJI products and all that, I'm sure it's going to get harder and harder. You know, to to actually get something to cooperate and fly in an area, even if you're legal, you know, it's just going to be, uh, you know, CYA scenarios. So, um, so it's 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 interesting and frustrating at the same time. But yeah. that that is a huge thing that you're pointing out, Chris, where you're saying, look, there there are inact. I wonder if there's a way to challenge it in the app and say, hey, you know, this is here's a photo of your so-called airport, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Change the app. Update the app. You know, if Google, if Google can change a street name or, you know, you can email them because, you know, and, and you can send in a notice saying, hey, you've got a typo in the street name and they'll update it and bang, the world is updated. And why can't, you know, they fix apps like this then? Yeah. Now, uh, Michael Kaler had a little comment. He says, give the FAA some leeway. Uh, the FAA info was built up pre-app, no database world. And trying to leverage those printed maps into an app is a monumental task. If they do have a database, it was probably, and he goes on, uh, pro- probably built off those paper maps and someone assumed they were up to date. Now, I, I would kind of agree with you, but here's the problem. If you're making me follow all these rules and regulations and you're making me register and you're making me pay, I expect the same from you guys, that you should have at least a little bit of a, a better program or app or or database before you you enforce something like yes exactly but here's kind of the scary thing is like we're just a small little niche in the hobby and worried about these little plastic drones what about all these people flying real airplanes that you know don't have up you know don't have updated yeah exactly that's that's all i I just kind of irritates me a little bit about that so anyway that's i guess that's my rant on the before you fly app, you know. Yeah. Um, anybody else want to add anything on to that? Or are we good with that? I think we're good. All Let's right. go on to some fun stuff. All right, well, I got another story here. I don't know if it, it's not really uh, fun, but it's kind of interesting. Let's, let me pull it up here real quick. Do you remember we talked a while back about the uh, drone pilot who crashed the drone into the Seattle Space Needle. Yes. You remember this? And in, in the video, yeah. the guys the guys were on top of You remember this, Mike? Vaguely. They yes, were on top the of the Space workers. Needle working, putting on some pyrotechnics because I think for around the holidays, it was right in December, I believe, when it happened, we were talking about And they, they caught the drone, got the footage, put the footage, showed the drone coming right in. Anyway, they finally have the guy and he's in a, a little bit of trouble here. <laughs> a little? <laughs> Apparently, he was only uh, 19 years old. Aww. Says no. Right now, no criminal charges have yet been filed, but KIRO7 has learned a 19-year-old licensed operator who crashed his drone into the Seattle Space Needle on December 31st is being investigated by the Seattle Police Department for creating a substantial risk of death and serious physical injury. The video of the drone crashing into the Seattle Icon on, news, on New Year's Day Eve spread all over the world when it was shared by the Space Needle staff on January 11th. 
On the day of the crash, pyrotechnic workers were setting up the annual New Year's Eve fireworks display. According to documents filed in the King County Court, investigators with the Seattle Police Department believe the pyrotechnic workers who were just feet away from the drone when it crashed were in danger of a substantial risk of death or serious physical injury because of the drone uh because of the drone operator's actions. Cairo 7 is not naming the operator because he hasn't been arrested or charged with a crime yet. However, his identity was known immediately, according to Dave uh, Manpat of the Space Needle, who told Cairo 7 in January interview that the operator came looking for his drone. He was down below, apparently with the controller, looking around for his piece of machinery mm-hmm. because the machinery was a DJI Inspire. So he's probably like, oh that's my gosh, money. that's a lot of money. I want this thing back. The documents filed seek access to the drone's memory, including any deleted or hidden files. According to investigators, the pyrotechnic workers were wearing safety harnesses, but at the time during installation, workers may only have been on a handhold. If hit by the drone at that moment, a worker could lose his or her grip, blah, 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 blah. They're just going to knock this guy, I mean, big time. Yeah. Uh, what if what if scenario? Yeah, obviously. exactly. What ifs? Oh, because they were 605 feet above the ground. In addition to possible injuries inflicted from the initial drone impact, the sub sub uh, let's see. Here's the funny part: the drone operator is not cooperating with investigators, and according to the SPD's search warrant, he has hired a lawyer. <laughs> so he's in well, deep yeah. doo doo. Deep yeah. doo doo. I thought that was pretty funny, though. It looked like maybe uh, Alex came on or something. I saw pop up. I mean, you I see something wrong. pop up? I could be wrong. Nope. Not yet. Still nobody on there. Uh, let's see. The only other little news story I had, it was kind of funny. And again, this was in Seattle. I uh, seen it on Facebook by a Rothany Hinn. Posted it. Actually, it was uh, posted it on Rotor Riot. Uh, I just spammed the crap out of this, and it was a picture that somebody was going around posting up all over Seattle, and it says, Have you seen this? A drone? Citizens are urged to report any and all drone activity to authorities. Drones are dangerous. Drones are a... (laughs) uh, Scores? Drones are a direct threat to you and your family. Contact blah, 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 blah with any questions. Yeah, I saw that. Did you see that? That was funny. That was funny. Oh, my funny. gosh. Who put, who put that out there? I missed it. Uh, it Somebody was posting that around the Seattle area. Uh, you know, like just putting uh, flyers out and okay. posting them all over, and somebody uh, seen it. And Wow. I thought that was crazy. What's wrong with these people? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, no, I'm Alex yet. He bro. must have really had a rough night last night. Yeah. I mean, I was out late too. Well, but I, <laughs> I asked you late for you as you home at nine. Uh, ten thirty. <laughs> ten thirty. I beat you. I was out to eleven. Ten thirty. I was like, oh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready yeah. to go. That was me the other night. Uh, no, I asked him if he was. He said he was Eastern Time Zone, but I'm like, maybe he's not. But no, no, oh, he well. is because I know exactly where he lives. I went to. We were gonna have a little conversation. He uh, lives just north to where I went to flight school down in Lynchburg, so he's on the t- same gotcha. time zone. Uh, yeah. Oh well, we'll see what happens. We still got a little bit yeah. of time yet. We'll try to get. Him yeah, on. we still got lots to talk about. So, um, how about some new products? 
All right. Where are we going to? There ain't a whole lot. I was scouring and scouring to try to find some new products, but we'll pull some up here. The first thing I want to talk about, Andre, is the Raven. The Raven from from Hobby King. King. I was actually a little surprised this came out. It shocked me. Go ahead. Really? You know, they've always had a little bit of a, you know, they've always been dabbling in in the smaller DLGs, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just trying to. I got too much stuff going on. I need a producer. Anybody <laughs> else want to come in and hang out, and run the cameras, and uh, holy cow, trying there to switch screens. What? You got Mike sitting there beside you. What's, I know. I should doing? give Mike some duties. But I, you know, Mike's, uh, Mike's. I pay Mike big money. So <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> what? Just, just. Uh, there you go. You got him coughing. Just, yeah, don't get me laughing. Holy kidding. smoke! Yeah, big money. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> so <laughs> that wasn't even funny. Was <laughs> All right. So what you're looking at on the screen, HK came out with a Raven 990. It's a mini DLG 2017 glider. It's 990 millimeters, which is 39 inches, 160 gram weight, which is 5.64 ounces. Um, balsa. Let me read a little bit Wait, here. It reminds me of your Alpha. Well, that's I what I'm. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm going to talk about. It's it's almost kind of comparable. So I was going to compare them a little bit because it's way, way, way cheaper. Excellent build quality. Lightweight plastic fuselage and pod. Pre-installed servos, which is nice. Elevator and one for each aileron. Pre-built balsa wing and tail surfaces easily assembled in 30 minutes. Um, minimum two-channel transmitter receiver. Da, 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 da. Let's see. Hobby King Raven 990 is a lightweight mini DLG for pilots looking for a high-performance entry-level model. All of the main components are supposed to be are supplied, ready to build. I need my glasses on. So assembly time is minimal, and the small size of the Raven 990 makes it easy to transport and store. Fully built up, open construction is used for all the flying surfaces with the carbon fiber spars reinforcement. Da, 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 da. We'll go on and on. Uh, full span ailerons each have their own servo, giving excellent control authority. Option of flapperons that is kind of nice if your radio allows to give even more control over the flight profile. With launch, cruise, thermal, and landing modes becoming available at the flick of the switch, this supplied throwing peg can be configured to either right or left hand throwers. Now, first thing we're going to do this thing is only. In the U.S., a hundred and well, we'll say one hundred and forty dollars. Okay. Now, so I decided to look up the Elf, compare specs a little bit. For an entry level mini DLG, this price point is fantastic. Now, Andre, what really kind of surprised me? What I personally, this is this is just an opinion. I want you guys weigh in on this. What you think? What I don't like about it is being that small. It's not a full size DLG. I would have liked to seen them cut the weight down, get rid of the ailerons and the flaperons and all that, and just made it rudder only to keep it light. I don't think on something that small, you know, it'd be fun that maybe to logical, play with a little yeah. bit, you know, because you can do all the But it the has features. more there in weight because of that stuff. Yeah, on something that needed. small, you know, I was, yeah. that's one thing I didn't like about it. Um, See, their go, previous models, they you could 
they had two different ones, and one was a tail configured one, and then the other one with the elevate uh, the the ailerons. Mm-hmm. So and they probably they they probably looked at what was most popular selling though, and went with the ailerons for maneuverability. Well, I mean, can you scale through those other pictures while we're? Yeah, I talking? think so. You want to look at them? Yeah, just now. Wayne does have the other mini DLG that is, you know, again very comparable to the Elf. So I don't. I mean. Maybe if you're going to do more slope soaring or you want a little more control or I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the just the ailerons on something that small. I'd rather have the lightweight, maybe a little less maneuverability and, and functions on that like my elf. Like it, it's so light. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you don't really need all that stuff. Is it fun? Yeah, sure. But I would take the lightness over over that any day. So just yeah. to put in perspective with the Elf, and again, the Elf is way, way more expensive. Like I think I got over four hundred bucks wrapped up in that Elf because I had uh, to buy the servos yeah. and in the bat everything. But the Elf is only three point three ounces. So when you consider this is five point sixty four to a three point three, there's a huge weight difference. And my Elf now, would probably I don't blow know much about DLGs, but mm-hmm. with more weight, can you throw it further? Possibly, does it help in throwing it? penetrates but then you get sink faster right yeah, um yeah you you might get a little bit more distance I'm thinking out like, of it you know yeah. something light you throw mm-hmm. just in general that it's tougher if it's lighter to throw yeah in I, general but i don't know much about dlgs i don't know I, one. i'm not an expert on it by any means i'm gonna get a sweet spot there yes. you know what i mean for throwing yes. and everything i don't know yeah and the elf isn't it is something that you know you don't get really high up it'd be it'd be neat air. to compare them mm-hmm. in all honesty yeah to see how they throw right right now wayne does have the other hobby king one that is you know just rudder only and there wasn't really much of a comparison between again you gotta look at the price difference and what you're getting the elf's yeah. all carbon fiber and mm-hmm. you know but again I'm not shooting this down. I'm just comparing sure. a little bit of notes what to, you, a, you know, a, maybe a higher end mini DLG. But for the price, if you want to try it for a hundred, I mean, I th- I believe this is even cheaper, Andre, than like the the Labelle. You know, that's yeah. an all foam entry level DLG with ailerons. Yeah. And if I get more yeah. out of this, and you might think. get, yeah, you might. It's smaller, obviously, um, but I thought it was cool. You know, I, I give him some definitely. props for throwing something out there. You know, well, it's and we've had that discussion before because you know, like some people want to know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, is it worth? I mean, this is where the Labelle. We thought the Labelle was awesome for entry level, so this is just another option. Yes, uh, if you're interested. I mean, I picked up my um, uh, my fifty uh, from oh Hobby Mountain. I want to call it. I think or. Uh, I picked up that that used from uh, you know at Flight Fest last year, and I love that thing. Actually, I should probably charge that battery up and get it all ready to go, um, because that's just it's that's the thing about DLGs, you know. Like as David David will go on and on and on, just how enjoyable they are and how tired you are at the end of it. But it's you know, do you want a four hundred dollar experiment or do you want something that's going to be half the price? So yeah, there's like the Labelle is about that, you know, it's cheaper. Well, the Labelle I think was two fifty if I remember. Uh, and but you know this is this is another one. Uh, our buddy Martin's got one that uh, you know he should get there and chuck in the air because it's mm-hmm. well under two hundred fifty grams. So you know we can send there and throw around these things so we're dizzy. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But again, you know, it's just another option out there, and I, I 
got to give them guys some credit. And it's cheap. So I, the more people we can get in to try it, and it could be something you get that, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing in the world. I love it. I'm going to spend the six or $800 on a full-size DLG and, you know, get into it. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, so that's the Raven. Raven 990. It's new from Hobby King. Uh, looks like, Andre, they've been teasing a little bit about the Bush Mule. I've seen a couple videos yep. and stuff, so that yep. must be on the water it's, probably, huh? And getting close. I, I'd say it's pretty darn close. Um, the uh, Sorry, Martin's, Martin's singing me information about his... Uh, about his uh, DLG, mm. um, yes. The, so the Bush Mule from from uh, Avios, not Durafly. It's now going to be Avios because of the wingspan. The mm-hmm. Durafly line they're containing to 1,100 millimeters, uh, except for the Tundra. Um, so the Bush Mule, which we talked to Stuart before he left Hobby King, is coming, and they were teasing a little bit of differential thrust, which I'm like, you know, I really should just rip mine into mine and get the differential thrust going on mine. Mm-hmm. Actually, and I had a spare. Uh, ben Ben Greenwall had passed me a spare set of Tundra tires, and I'm like, I should throw those on the Tundra and the uh, take those and throw those on my 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 Sky Mule because last year. When I did the crash, it was because I couldn't get rolling in the grass, and mm-hmm. I overheated my ESCs, and I got her in the air, and then the ESCs all went, oh, no, we're, we're, we're shutting down, and poof, that she went. So I'm like, hmm, bigger tires on my Sky Mule, but it does look good. And, you know, like I said, they've, they've cut in flaps, they've got the bigger tires, they've changed the power system in. You can't get the kit anymore. Um, so it comes as a full, almost ready to fly bird. So you throw in your uh, your receiver and go. And it does have the rear hatch. And I don't remember if it came with the floats included, or if you could just, or you buy those separate. I don't recall that from our discussion. But yeah. it's definitely going to be an interesting plane to look at. Um, we haven't heard from anybody from Hobby King since Stuart left, so no. I can't tell you if we're going to get our hands mm-hmm. on this thing or not. Unfortunately, Stephen hasn't replied back to any of my hails, which is really unfortunate <laughs> because we had a pretty positive conversation going on with them through mm-hmm. Stuart. Right, and uh, so we'll wait and see. Yeah. Um, they did. They did tease. Uh, they did put out the T twenty eight, which looked really nice and yellow. And I'm also going to just quickly see what else they had. Oh, there was that. Uh, do we want to talk about that other thing they released? The SU thirty five. Yeah, yeah, we can talk about that. Sure. Oh no. <laughs> now listen, jet. Mike. This is a jet for you. <laughs> this is a perfect uh, jet. No, for you. there is no perfect no, wait a jet minute. for me. Come no, 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 no. no. This, this is, Unless this it's is, a prop yeah. one or something, maybe. No, that's what it is. <laughs> okay, it's a prop. Let me pull uh, it up here on the big screen for you guys to look but, at. But but they have they have a dual they have actually they've got three SU thirty fives my uh, Chris uh go through the go pictures into their, if you could you go into their new products page mm-hmm. and you look at the listing they've got three of them there huh there's a P and P there's oh, a yeah. kit a kit yep. <laughs> I got gotcha. you but, Mike, this one's for you because it does have a prop on there. But looking at it, it looks good, doesn't it? Yes. Now, can you go through those pictures? All right, I'll go I, through I, the pictures just, real quick. I'm a and then picture we'll talk. guy. Okay. <laughs> this is a superb model of the Sukhoi SU-35 jet fighter. The SU-35 model is designed to be hand-launched, lightweight, and easy to fly. This plane requires assemblies made of durable EPO, foam, carbon fiber spars, and supplied 
uh, with exceptional strength in those high G maneuvers. There's also a decal sheet to give you authentic looking along with an instrument panel display. The plug and play version comes with a 2212 2450 kV brushless motor, 40 amp ESC, 9 gram servos, 6x4 propeller, plus all the assembly parts. All that is required is a radio receiver and a LiPo battery. Pretty neat, huh, Mike? You like I, it, I, Well, you? I'll tell you, the, the dark scheme on top, I, uh, I would have wanted to see a picture of the underneath because it looks like they did it right. There is a bright color. There you go. Looks right like. there. So that would help for sure. That's a sleek looking uh, well, jet. Well, that does have the wings on there, does it? It's interesting that they're starting to, you know, I, I guess it's just there's a point where they, they recognize that EDF technology is only so efficient. Mm-hmm. So, you know, dropping a motor in between, yeah, aesthetically you're like, uh, but... You get all kinds of efficiency, and I'm sure that thing just runs and runs and runs. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I don't know. The, the, those color schemes look very scary to me. You talk about a flying dart. <laughs> it is pretty dark. Oh, my gosh. You'd be wiggling that thing around oh, trying to God. see And what... then but the bad part is it's blue underneath. So if you have oh. a blue sky, oh. it's you know, those color schemes, I don't know about. Yeah. I'm a little concerned. You know, I hate to admit this, but when I first was seeing it and was watching the videos, I didn't realize it. I thought it was a regular EDF, you know, because it's got the small yeah, I prop. Yeah, did, I didn't even see the prop in the middle. <laughs> and I'm like, so. well, that's kind of odd. Why would they bring out that funky little jet like that? But then I was watching the maneuvers. I'm like, whoa, this thing's pretty good. And then when I watched the product video, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's, it's a got prop. a prop on yeah. it. Yeah. But I, I like, you know, how they did it um, in the middle like that. It's not off the end. It's kind of hidden. It right. definitely is yeah. hidden because I didn't see it, even notice. I was looking for it in the rear for whatever reason. Yeah. The, in and the videos, center. the videos they did, it's, it's impressive. Prop. Yeah, it flies good. So here's what we got on specs. Length is 1050 millimeters. Wingspan, it's only 735 millimeters. We said the motor, 2212, 2450 kV, 40 amp ESC, 6x4 propeller, and 9 gram servos. And it only runs off a 1300 to a 2200 three-cell. Everybody's yeah. got those. Yeah. So another thing interesting I noticed when they were doing their most recent update video, they, uh, they've got some new staff members down in the Australian office, which makes sense. But they were flying around a FPV pusher style, and I, they didn't quite say what the name was, but I'm suspecting we're, we were looking at the prototype of the uh, Bix 4. Oh, really? Yeah, because they had been hinting at that earlier in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a very oh, what's the name of that air? The, the Ranger or something like that. One of those bigger, one of the bigger FPV platforms. It's got that kind of look to it. So uh, I'd be kind of curious to see if that is where they're going. But it had a thick boom, really beefy wings, and they even flew it into a post by accident. So, oh, <laughs> so I'm wondering if that we're looking at the uh, next generation of uh, you know trainer. But it definitely looked like a bigger, thicker airplane. You know, like they beefed up that the uh, the fuselage considerably. So mm-hmm. I know I know the Bix three compared to the Bixler two was a massive upgrade from what I was yeah. told. So. I never got my hands on the on the, the third one, so um, that's so we'll see where it goes. Because my sky surfer needs to go. <laughs> yeah, that, thing, that thing's in bad shape. Bad shape. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I that, do love uh, that so, frame. So, yeah, 
that 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 pusher style is just that that I'm I'm, I'm stuttering again this morning. Uh, it is definitely a, a nice airframe, but I've got my Bix two hanging on the wall ready to go. I just you know haven't done any FPV yet this season. So and, and that's the thing with the the Bixler style or Sky Surfer style or any of those are all kind of clones or mm-hmm. you know. For FPV, you can't beat those things. They fly so good. They're so easy to fly. Yeah, just to big throw a camera and a transmitter and just to cruise around. Like even you said, Andre, before we got uh, – here, here's a funny story. I don't know if anybody remembers, but I don't even know if we talked about it. But for a while, Andre, before you even got a Radian, you were, oh, this Bixler's just as good. I can go up and I can sit thermal around yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, yeah, it's good and it works, but it's not a Radian. You're like, oh, it's fine. Blah, blah. And then when you got your Radian, you're like, oh, I get it now. I totally understand. But, yeah, but, it is different for sure. Anyway, point being is it's it's a great you know, platform for what, you know, Beginners. FPV, you know, you can put a camera on, get up there and, and actually thermal with it if you want. So you can't, it was a great them. beginner plane for me. I know that. Yeah. That's a good one to select. Yep. Crashing into the ground. You don't break any props. You're not breaking the landing gear off. You know what Those I mean? can get a little ugly. Oh but, yeah. But, but, uh, you know, a little bit yeah. of glue. <laughs> you know, that is one plane, Mike, looking at all your planes and they're slides. all pristine and they all look good and they all fly great. And then there's the sky. What happened with the sky surfer? Because that one looks like a total and piece of garbage. The sad part is that has a second fuselage. <laughs> oh really? And it's a whole new fuselage. <laughs> on oh it, my and gosh. Then as soon as I did that, I, I mushroomed the nose. Like I think I hit Chad. Chad's house. Poor Chad's house. How many times has Chad had his house hit? Like, I mean, numerous I, times. I, I know that new fuselage hit his house. I remember oh it my like, gosh. vividly. Uh, I bet Julie cringes every time that like five or six guys show up to fly. Like, oh, please don't I hit my house. Please her. don't hit my house. I was there the other day and I mentioned to her, I'm like, um, first of all, Chad was in the basement and uh-huh. I'm like, cause I just kind of dropped by, which I very rarely do. I always give people a heads up call, but I was out there for other reasons. Yeah. So I thought I'm going to swing in, kind of mention, uh, me- uh, Memorial Day weekend. Cause I really want to get the guys that are coming here, Andre and, mm-hmm. and Mike Finley and Patrick. And I want to get to be able to at least fly one day at Chad's. And I know yeah. I'm more than welcome, but I'm kind of trying to arrange it so he's there, obviously, because mm-hmm. it'll be just that much better, yeah. obviously. Well, he, I yelled downstairs, Christian's like, he's in the basement. So I go, Chad, he's like, I'm on the phone. <laughs> and then later, Julie's like, yeah, he's doing a podcast. <gasps> <Ooh. laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I'd have never yelled down there. And then I got to think, I'm like, wait a minute, he's doing a podcast and he's not on our show? Wait a minute. Well, that's... Anyways. Yeah, that's I'm just kind joking. of my fault. But, uh... So I didn't get to talk to him. I mentioned to his wife, I'm like, Julie, I'm trying to get some guys. Just kind of mention, by putting that bug in her yeah. ear, we'll pr- we probably have a better shot at it than even just Chad. So yeah. I'm like, there's going to be some guys Memorial Day week. She's like, that's last weekend in May or whatever. I'm like, yeah. yes. I would really like to have the guys come out here and fly. So yeah. if she knows about it, it might right. help a little bit. Just like last tension, year. So. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm sure Chad's good. He loves it. Because she does people. a lot of work, too, when there's right. guests there. And, I, and it puts her out, yeah. too. Yeah. So. But yeah. I hope I hope I can get them both on board because she said, "Well, he's going to China, but he should be back by then." So. Oh wow! So and hopefully, I, I'd still touch base with him. Yeah, obviously, yeah. I didn't get to talk to him that day. But. I'm sure it'll be fine. He's always up for if he's if he's available. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. If he's available, I'm sure it'll work. And hopefully, 
by next podcast that we do, I do have a TV ceiling mount coming. So, Mike, I can now use your box for other things. Other things. Get rid of this ugly, funky TV stand here. For the viewers, that yeah. is. Yes. The TV will finally be hanging off the ceiling. And then we have our other two mics and we can get some guests in here. Yes. I've been Maybe wanting Scott, to get some people. Pat, yeah. Different people. Get some people, Chad. I know Chad's Eager willing and come oh, in. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah. we're just not quite ready. And, you know, we're fixing and tuning. But, you know, he's he's right at the top of the yep, list. We'll sure get him thing. in there. So, all right. Lost the train of thought. We went off the rails. I forget what I'm I was talking maybe about. maybe everybody can fly at my dad's one day, too, even though it's not ideal. Yeah. It's just pretty scenery out there. It is there, pretty. So. And it's, but there's trees. There is trees. There is trees. But trees don't thinking. worry an arrow. <laughs> 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 or or quads, right, Mike? Yeah. You know, poor, poor Wayne's house, right? Oh, yeah. Geez. Right. <laughs> I, I seen lawn. somewhere the Blade Torrent should be out here at the end of the month. So yeah. I'm hoping yeah. to pick one up and we can do a little testing with that. Really? Yeah. You're going to get one? I think. think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Which, rightfully so, you don't have anything that size right now. Yeah. And arsenal. I was gonna gonna buy the Vortex 150. That's what I thought from and, but King. now I'm like, well, I think I'll try the Torrent 110, see how it does around the yard and outside, and if it's good, fine. If it isn't, then you know I don't know. Move on. I'm just gonna give it a shot, and see what happens. I'm surprised by that. Yeah. Why? I, I thought maybe you'd get the Vortex over the. Over I, I want the Vortex, but looking at the price, it's like four uh, yeah. four hundred versus two hundred, so it's two hundred dollars uh, more. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong; I think you're getting a lot more with Vortex one hundred and fifty. Sure. You're at a race level with that, where the Torrent, I'm not so sure. about. Yeah, we'll find out. But if it does everything I want it to do, and you know, it still yeah. flies on three cell, you know, and so we'll, we'll see what happens. I may yeah. be happy with it, and I don't cool. know. So. I know uh, if if I don't get my hands on that uh, that Emacs or a Gremlin kit mm-hmm. because I want something I can just bang around the yard with the two S's, uh, particularly with the two S packs, just small enough for the yard. I do have my 150 I'll bring with me. If not, I'm gonna have to before the trip. I will build up something. You know, like I need to re- I need to rebuild or move all the gear off the. Um, uh, the flight test versacopter because I mean that thing was pretty durable mm-hmm. but every time I would whack a boom and have to realign everything so after a while and then you know that I rebuilt <laughs> if anybody remembers the story I rebuilt the whole darn thing after I dropped it in the pool and uh, <laughs> I had it all back together and I'm like oh, I'll just move the tran- the receiver just a tiny bit back bolt it all together and realize that I was pushing the transmitter up against the boom and I was hitting the bind button oh you're kidding so I had to open up the entire fuse, the whole entire bottom end of it, to get to the receiver again. So I'm like, oh, this. The, so the cage design, and I kept overheating during the hot summer. I kept overheating ESCs. Mm. So, it's, so I've gone back to an open, um, uh, open design. So, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna. So I've got to build up the two, the two twenty, two fifty size quad. So I have that for the trip for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm very closely looking at. Um, the uh, oh, you're gonna break my heart, aren't you, Chris? Why? <laughs> uh, I see what you've got on screen, uh, but I'm very closely looking at an open frame or that torrent size, not the torrent size, but the but the smaller 2s size quad because that in the backyard would just be perfect because the 3s's are fine, but they just move a little too quick for the size of my yard, right? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go into the pool at Mach two or hit a tree. Mm. So, all right, I'm yes. trying I'm trying to find it. I looked at it yesterday. I have questions about it. I just thought about it. And I can't remember yeah. where I seen it, but they have that little Mike. It's a gremlin-sized quad, brushless motors. It's called the 
Kong or the King... What the heck is the name of it? And I was just looking King at Kong. it. King Kong. Is it the King Kong? Yeah, it's, it's that Hobby King. Yes, and that's what I was trying to scroll 90 through. 90 mil, yeah. Yep. The 99, 90 mil size. Here it is, Exact Mark. same theory, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so my question is from the gremlin to this is there a difference it's it's 97 dollars. you see it here mike yes i'll put it up on the big screen so everybody can see it it looks very similar to like the gremlin bind and fly micro drone um fly micro drone that breaks the trend in micro racers say goodbye to the brush mowers this little machine boosts a full brushless power system will leave the rest of the competition for dead the 90 gt is one of the most sophisticated indoor outdoor micro drones we've seen to date packed with all the features you would expect from a much larger fpv racer uh, configured f3 flight controller 16 channel 5.0 gigahertz FBV transmitter installed and you can get that with whatever receiver protocol HD yeah. uh, 800 TV line FPV camera uh, let's see powered by a 350 two cell built in 800 uh, we saw pre-installed yeah so you know the only thing I see really different is even like the blade torrent can fly on a three cell I don't see anything in here that this thing says it'll fly on a three cell they're showing a two cell so it might be a little more docile I don't know but it's uh, rather interesting I think yeah it's the same it's the same theory and you know for a hundred bucks you get your FR sky protocol you get your FPV transmitter and you're you're all set so mm -hmm. it's um, like I said, this is fascinating. This is neat to see. This is what we've been waiting for. You know, this, 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 um, the, the bridge gap between it, mm -hmm. between the brushless and the brush technology. And it's just going to get cheaper and easier to go. Um, but it's interesting because we were talking about it with a, with a few people. And no matter what we do, no matter how we build it, it seems that the, the running cost is $100, right? Because you yeah. figure it's 40 10 to $10 to $12 per motor, 10 to $12 per ESC, then your flight controller, and it goes on. No matter how we cut it, no matter how we dice it, it's $100 to, to get one of these things in the air. So, right, right. Um, so you have to make that decision if that's, uh, that, if that's the route you want to go. But I can see these things being super popular. For, oh yeah, you know because you know this is just this is perfect for the backyard. Exactly. And, uh, I thought I thought I had some 1104 motors. It turns out they're 1307s. Oh, so I'm like, oh, I was so close. They're a little bigger. They're not much bigger, but they're big enough that uh, um, it, I'm going to try and build up one of the frames I have just to see if I can make it work on the 2S setup. And then I've got. You know, just something a little slower because I have a whack of those two S five hundred batteries. But just something a little slower for the backyard. It'll have a little bit more beef than the Inductrix to deal with the wind. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, you know, and that that's the biggest thing because the Inductrix will go. But it's just that that it just if you get in trouble, you're you're gonna bounce it off the deck because you just don't have the thrust. But something like this for for you know a hundred bucks. Wow, hey. Eh? It's just it's yeah. interesting to see that we're we're going to get to the point where it's going to that sweet spot. We're getting mm -hmm. closer to that sweet spot. Mm -hmm. I think I was so. able to fly my inductrix over two hundred yards at my dad's. You're I, kidding? I nice. Yes. I even went through the woods to see where my feed site. No, yeah, it's pretty cool. Really? So were you just sitting like it out? took? It took me. I mean, I, I kept elevating instead of going punching forward, but mm -hmm. I, I was able to get out there pretty far. No signal loss. It was pretty impressive for that. Really? I was pro I was really impressed. I didn't know if it. I thought I'd be walking out yeah yeah 
and it came back. I did it twice, I think, on two different batteries. No kidding. So that was cool. Oh, that is awesome. I liked it. I forgot all I about that. that. Yep. Wow. So I'll be able to check the bait sites now without actually physically <laughs> going out there. <laughs> did Especially you see any wildlife or anything? No, or no, 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 I didn't go through the woods that much. It's only in there like 20, 30 yards. Oh. And not that you can't see it from our window with binoculars. Uh-huh. So <laughs> it's pretty cool. Oh, my gosh. Now, uh, and I didn't know what range I was going to have, so that was a testament. I mean, I don't know how much further I could have went, but uh, it'd be uh, interesting to know what the end range is on that thing. I'll be waiting, Mike, for that time you're sitting out there, you got your FPV goggles on, there goes the inductors, and one of your hundred hawks that your dad has out there comes swooping in and grabs all that like thing. Like an insect. Yeah, yeah. like lunch. I wasn't very high off the ground, so I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I didn't even think of it. <laughs> Little little yellow jujube, you know. Like, mm-hmm. Ooh, look at that, that June bug yeah, Afternoon snack. That. Uh, yeah, but no, it worked. I was, I, and I, I'm curious just to see how far it would go. I never thought I would that thing would go that far back. Then. I know it's over 200 yards. Yeah, range find that for That's a while. Impressive. Well, that transmitter is good. That 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 video transmitter is good. I wonder if you'd probably run into an issue where you're gonna lose your uh, your control link sooner. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I would no, think I would lose think video so. first. Yeah, you should lose video way before you should yeah, lose transmission. So. Now, maybe if you had the the ready to fly with the stock radio, I don't know how good the stock radio is. I would still think you would get more than two hundred yards out of out of it. I would think mm-hmm. you should definitely lose video before, before you, you lose, lose control. control signal. Yeah, but because I know in the mm. old Nano QX, like even in our back, my backyard, oh, they weren't near as no, well as this. I could get out on, on the stocks, you know, stuff. I could get out to like my fence back there, and it would get start getting now, pretty green. Now, mind you, I didn't have very many obstructions. I mean, this was two hundred yards, yeah, yeah, yard. But still, thing. I yeah. never thought that thing would go that far. Now, when I got in the woods, I got a little bleeps, but I was still mm-hmm. able to fly. I wasn't. I wasn't losing so much video that yeah. I wasn't able to fly, obviously. Wow. So I was real hesitant going through the trees, though, because there's really there's only like a deer trail that I'm following with that thing. And that's that's testing your abilities, really, because you don't know what twigs you're not going to see and things going through there. But yeah, I, I successfully did it. So I was like, cool. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because mm. I think it. I put, uh, we probably talked about it, I put a... Um, a diversity, a, a long range antenna, uh, and flew the Nano QX, and I made it down to the end of my road. Oh, that was about as you know. It's always cool to test the range yeah. limits on those things. But you know, in a three minute flight time, you get to the end of the road, you're like a minute and a half. Yeah, Jeez, I gotta get back. back. That's you know? how I mean. I zip out and I zip back. <laughs> right, I, you're still limited on that flying time frame. In fact, I think I even landed right on my bait site. Just landed and then yeah. I picked up, picked up, and took about because you had off. to be like full throttle all oh, the way. Oh, I was, <laughs> and it was it was challenging just to was cover it? that distance with that you know it's ripping as fast as it can go oh my god and for some reason when i was like i said it was climbing more so than going forward i don't mm-hmm. know why it was doing that outside so much but it was maybe there was wind or something that affected it more than i thought wow <laughs> but that's that was the one thing i noticed in mine i popped it up pretty high and i'm like Ooh, if i get caught in a gust yeah. i'm into the neighbor's jar <laughs> i remember being cognizant of that too andre i was like i'm getting pretty high if i get in a like a little jet stream of some sort yeah i'm yeah. gonna be hurting yeah. so i kept, i started lowering the throttle just to bring altitude down because i wanted it closer to the ground obviously mm-hmm. wow but it was fun that's cool i never thought i'd go that far all right, we got one last product to talk about. Uh, 
Actually, I'll throw one in afterwards too, because I uh, we we threw up a link earlier in the week, so we could talk about that. Well, let's do that first. You got it. We'll All right. It. Speaking of blades, the uh, Horizon kind of slashed the price on that oh, Manta. That's right. Oh know. my gosh, slash! It was unbelievable cut. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was interesting. A lot of the comments for the people were like, you know, buy it just for the internal equipment and ditch the airframe. Yeah. So. Um, so I, I Go it's share the um, price it's, difference because it was I, I it was jaw dropping when I saw that when, new, you it. when uh when it was released to five hundred and seventy five US. Wow. Now you can get it for two hundred. That's a pretty good deal. Even when you <laughs> yeah. post I was like, Well, I have the Optera, I really don't need them, but that is a really It is. Really good I deal. mean it's you know, and even if you flew it, I mean we we, we said it was terrible looking to begin with, but mm. you don't notice that when you're flying it. But for two hundred bucks, that thing has got some power behind it. Now, this is—if I'm correct—this one was done. Was this the Immersion RC build? I think this. Yes, one, it was. It was this the original. Was a collaboration with yep. Immersion RC. This is mm. one of their their products, right? Uh, and it's got some pretty—you know—it's got a full-on, you know, uh, Fat Shark 700 TV line CMOS. You can put the GoPro camera right into the belly. Uh, I don't remember what the transmitter was, but it's got a pretty decent motor package behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's got a nice looking motor. I think I have to find the specs yeah, and, pro- and all nice the FTE kit and everything, right? Yeah. Uh, let's as read far the as features. The yeah, requires like literally to require it. You, pardon me, to complete it. Literally, you need your transmitter, which is obviously a Spectrum 2.4 DSMX. And a 3 or 4S 1300 to 2200 with XT60 and your Fat Shark goggles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got an 18 kV motor. Uh, it's got the full spectrum R- AR636 receiver. Uh, it's got a Castle e- Talon ESC. Wow. And it was uh, 1800 kV. I don't know what other what specs, but it's got safe. ESC was it 35 amp ESC? I can't remember. <laughs> 35 yes yeah. yeah so i mean it's That's still yeah it, yeah well well i mean it's pretty decent for that and sure. the fact that you can go three or four rest changing on the prop long range 600 milliwatt and at the time this plane came out what last year i'd say mm-hmm. maybe even the year before you know so it's got some like it's got some pretty good equipment on it so yeah for sure yeah I would, uh, you know, now at that price range, you're kind of looking at it. But like you said, Chris, you've got your Optera, but you could probably, you know, buy this and the Optera and pull gear. <laughs> yeah, just for just for the FPV kit alone. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, it's you know the kit's close, but geez, hey. And what's the wingspan on this thing again? I don't think it was a huge wingspan. Specs, 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 specs. Do, 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 do. Wingspan, 42, 43 millimeters. So it, you could probably sit that on top of the Optera. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Wing on wing launch. <laughs> but still, for that price, I mean, wow. You, no. You, you can't no, beat that. You can't, no, you can't build it for cheaper. So yeah. So that, that that's me uh, derailing the show. So what do you got? All right. Here's something that um, – I was a little shocked that uh, it came out. Let's pull it back up here real quick. They announced the new Phantom 4 Advanced. Yeah. And, you know, at first I was like, well, I don't know why, why they brought this out. But the more I read about it and, under, you know, I kind of understand because now, Mike, you know, they got rid of the... Phantom 3 series is gone. 
it's done. Yeah. I thought for sure they would keep the regular uh, Phantom Four, Andre, and that's now discontinued. Oh, really? I yeah. Didn't know that. So they brought out the Phantom Four Pro, which we talked about, you know, with all new camera and all the sensors yep. and this and that. And so, uh, you know, when they brought out the Phantom Four Advanced, I was like, well, okay, what, you know, what's going to be really different too much from the Phantom Four, from the Phantom Pro? So, you know, I dove in, was reading about it and found a little, little good article between the two. And we'll read it and talk about the differences because there isn't really a whole lot. So my question with you guys, and maybe if any of our listeners are out there or, or have questions, let me know. But there isn't much difference. There's a few, but not much. Okay, so here we go. What's the difference between the Phantom 4 and the Phantom 4 Advance? The Phantom 4 Advance camera shoots 4K 60 frames a second at a bit rate of 100 megabytes per second and stills up to 20 megapixels. So what they did, Mike, is they took that really awesome new camera for the Phantom 4 Pro and put it right on this thing. Same camera, same settings, same everything. Um... It can be used with the optional integrated monitor, which is that new monitor that they talked about, the Android-type small 5.5-inch 5, 5 monitor that you can get with tablet. the controller. Tablet, yeah, which I, if it was me, I think I would do that. And you don't have to worry about the carrying the iPad and having it with you because how many times have I forgot my iPad when we went to the field and the, whatever. Operators are empowered with a new suite of intelligent flight modes. The maximum speed of the P4A is slightly higher than the regular uh, Phantom 4 when flying in P mode. The maximum flight time is extended to 30 minutes. The transmission range is extended to 7 kilometers, which is a little over 4 miles. And the obstacle sensing range is increased from 15 meters to 30 meters. Obviously, so, if it's moving faster, they it's good that they got that sensing right. distance increase. So, you know, you're getting the better camera, <clears throat> uh, longer flight times, extended range, and better obstacle yeah. advo avoidance. So, here's the big question then. What are the differences between the Phantom 4 Pro and the Phantom 4 Advanced? So, the Advanced version inherits most of all the functions of the Phantom 4 Pro, However, in order to increase affordability, unlike the Phantom 4 Pro, the Phantom 4 Advanced does not have rear vision sensors and the two infrared sensors in the flight autonomy system. Also, its remote controller does not support the 5.8 GHz frequency band and tap to fly backwards has been removed. So, what's the differences in the controllers compared to the Pro to the Advanced? The Advanced does not support the 5.8. Um, currently, the Phantom 4 Advanced controller is not compatible with any other Phantom 4 series aircraft. Now, what's the price difference? With the regular controller, the Advanced is $1349, that's USD, while the version with the 5.5 1080p super bright screen will cost $1649. We would also highly re recommend they're, uh, they're throwing in their DJI Care thing for $139. So I believe the, the Pro is like 1800 if you get it yeah. with the monitor, right? Or yeah. 14 or 1500 without the monitor. So in your opinion, Andre, for what the differences you get, what would you do? Would you spend the extra money for the Pro or just go for the Advance? I mean, you're getting the same camera. 
Yeah, see, that's the killer. But it's it's exactly what they did with the previous line, which we thought they were getting away with. Um, so, you know, <laughs> you, you sacrifice a little technological. Uh, I, I think if I was to redo it, if I was to be in this position again, like this time last year, I guess we were pretty darn, we were, we were having the same conversation. Um, if I had the money, I would probably still get the pro, but I think I would probably also... I probably would have gotten a Mavic, actually. But really? we know that... Oh, I think the Mavic 2 is probably on, on its way out now. Mm-hmm. But if I was to pick now, if I had to say, what was I going to pick? But that display is nice. I mean, I have no issue with my tablet, but I'm in the same way. You know, if you just had something you know that's just dropped in with a kit and it's there all the time, because I've done it as well, I've mm-hmm. almost gone out the door mm-hmm. without the tablet. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you had something that was just there... Um, Ooh, I've ooh, asked ooh. Justin what he likes, and he says by by fully he would do by Mavic Pro over the any uh, really the, yeah. Now I know he just had the I think the standard, but still mm-hmm. it's like it. I would I I fly the Mavic just because of the transportability. I always have it. Yeah, he, actually, like, you, were, you were just Chris. You were just asked on the uh, from Brendan if you were to replace your P3 Pro, Chris, would you go with a Mavic or would you go with a Pro or or what would you do? So I think I would still get a 4 Pro. But I, I agree. Uh, it, Especially if they come up, if Canada does exactly what the U.S. done with the done, I'm, you know, I'll speak English. If if Canada goes the same route as you guys and does the 107, I would I would buy a Pro ship. I would mm-hmm. buy a Mav, uh, uh, sorry, a Phantom 4 Pro or whatever they're calling it now, uh, and for exactly those reasons, you know, because then I can go and I can do the photography. There's nothing wrong with the 4. The camera on the mm-hmm. 4 is amazing, but that brand new camera with mm-hmm. the mechanical shutter, wow. And actually, I was looking at it going, okay, the Advance is essentially the 4. It's getting a longer capacity because they're putting in the bigger batteries. They maybe have added a sensor or two. So in theory, in theory, yeah. I could probably grab the camera pod Mm-hmm. which I think is $700. It's Ooh. the whole gimbal and everything, yeah. and and swap out my mine. I don't know if it would work, but essentially the Advance has got the same technology as the 4, mm-hmm. you know, because it doesn't have the 5.8 video trend, so they haven't changed any of the guts. They've just done a little bit of tweaking. Mm-hmm. So in theory, I could take that bottom. If something ever really bad happened, I could yeah. do that. Yeah, you know, and then I've got the bigger camera, um, you know, because the transmission and everything. Because I looked at the specs between the four and, and the four Advance, and the transmission and everything is all the same. So mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, maybe it would work, but who knows? Um, but if I was to make a change, but uh, it, it would be tough if I had to sit there and choose and everything. And, and I, I still think a Mavic would be kind of awesome. Um, personally, but, uh, out of the, between the Advanced and Pro, personally, I would probably pick the Pro. I mean, you yeah. use those back sensing. That's kind of a big deal when you're trying to do any, like what we would want to do, footage, air-to-air footage or things like that. That back sensing is kind of critical because a lot of times you're flying backwards trying to get something in frame. And I think that's a pretty key feature you would lose with the advanced. And I don't know. And then uh, then again, like, you know how they discontinued their 3 and stuff? Well, they're probably going to be quicker to d- discontinue the advanced over the Pro, too, I would think. <laughs> Is that just that's just my uh, I I don't know I don't know because either. here we are you going have lesser features they're not going to keep something with lesser features I would think but I mean here we are going into I don't know. into May I don't, that's just my take on yeah it. There, yeah there's, 
there's already talks that the the Phantom Five is in the works and should be out in November. <laughs> you just can't or keep up. They yeah, just can't keep up with and them in general. When you're spent, and again, These like guys are the Apple. Of I know the they really are. I know they really are. <laughs> but I, I I have to agree. I think if I was replacing mine, Mike, I would it would minimum. I think I would go with the advanced. Or go with the pro. I, don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't have any problems. The Mavic is phenomenal for what you're getting. That's what I. Price, that's what I'd buy wise, if the three were in comparison. Yeah. But if it was just the two advanced and pro, I I would save up more for the pro. Yeah. Just I because think I right. know we've had those discussions where you're flying backwards, backwards. Yeah. And to have that avoidance backwards, I think is key for some of your better shots. Yeah. There has been several times, Mike, where and sometimes. Andre, you can probably relate to this. Anybody that does some aerial video and stuff, there's been a lot of times where I wanted to do the the pull away shot or the back out shot, and it was just so tough and so close to things too. that yeah. I would do, I'd say screw it, I'm just going to fly it forward, and then when I do the video, I just reverse it. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, what you come I back know you in? Did that. Yeah. That's what funny. What else are you going to do? Funny. Like it was just yeah. too iffy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it would look great to pull out, but I was like, uh, I. I don't know. Too risky. Yeah, too risky. Yeah. So I just shoot it going forward and, um, you know, go from there. But things in motion, it wouldn't work so well, I don't think. Reversing yeah. your footage. <laughs> so I think, yeah, for the little extra money, you know, you're going to... But man, if you really think you, you spend $1,800 for the Pro... That's a lot of money. You're going to at least, at least for me, I need at least three batteries, you know. And so there's all those added expenses yeah, on top of that. Yeah, right, exactly. There's always added expenses for what you want. But again, I have no problems with my three. It's so far, it's still working good. Hopefully, I'll have it yeah. out today. You know. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, I'm I'm the same opinion of the four. Um, I'm not shooting anything where I'm really going to be like, oh, it's a bit of stutter in the video. <laughs> yeah. Know? I'm sorry. I'm just flying. I'm trying to have a good time. I'm dealing with, um, like I said in the last podcast, I'm dealing with the that bubble, that 500 meter bubble, which is mm-hmm. just. Actually, I've got to look at it because I think it doesn't do 500. Well, it's 500 max distance, um, but that was that was almost. I was almost. Um, I hate to use the word, but I was bored flying because I knew I couldn't do what I wanted to do. I couldn't go out and just a little bit more and a little bit more, you know. And it's like I don't even need to fly the thing far, but it's just just that sense of being caged really took away the joy of flying it. Sure. Plus, it was really cold. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Brandon Curry keeps he's asking us a lot of questions, and one of them was um, aerial video performance wise, other than quality, what capabilities do you lose or gain between the Mavic and the P4? Uh, my personal thing, the one thing I kind of don't like, I do, but I don't like about the Mavic is the the controller. Yes, it's very nice, it's very compact, it fits a phone well, and we, and we did realize that you can put a iPad Mini in mm-hmm. there, but I'm not real crazy about. The controller setup. The big factor for me, Brandon, what I didn't like is there's no option, at least for right now, to use goggles. And when we're flying and doing a lot of aerial video, especially you know if I if I'm you know can't watch the the copter a lot, I like to throw on my head play goggles, plug it in the HDMI module, and fly right through yeah. the goggles. And I don't care. Anybody out there that hasn't flown a, a, a Phantom, whether it was a three or four or whatever, with the, gog- with the goggles on it, or- it will change your life. I'm telling you 100%, you will not want to go fly normal FPV again after putting on those goggles and seeing everything in nice, clear HD quality, and it's so steady. No sun. Oh, it's just, yeah. 
sun reflection. Yeah, it's on unbelievable. You probably, that, that's got to be so you, aggravating as a tablet or phone. I don't know. I mean, I know there's there's brighter yeah. capabilities out there and stuff, but it just to me that's still agitating. And I I don't know yeah. what happened to the the DJI goggles. Like they advertised them months and months ago when the the Mavic was coming out, and they've had videos on, and they disappeared so i don't know what's going on with them if those yeah. were out and we had a price point and see how they work that and everything awesome. it would be that would be the might be a game yeah. changer i think you know? yeah but you know if they if they get it right and they figure it out i got a feeling i've got a feeling it's a downlink issue they can't guarantee the link between the controller and the goggles or maybe there's just too much latency but um what do they do you know it's going to work on the five but and that could be your that could mm-hmm. be the point where you go okay i'm going to go i'm going to retire to the three and go um, for me, the Mavic is neat, but I, I like the stability of the four. Yeah, I kind of do too. And that's, remember, Mike, that was one thing that kind of shocked me too when um, Justin brought out the Mavic and when we were doing the Optera and it was super windy. Now, I knew my, my Phantom would have flown. I didn't. We didn't want to shoot video because it would have been tough in that wind. Mm-hmm. But his Mavic, actually, he got it up in the air and it told him too turbulent or whatever it said on the screen. It did not want to yeah. fly. It physically came back down he's like what's going on it's telling me it's you know that thing you know is nice and little as it is i think a normal phantom wouldn't would have had no problems yeah Yeah. right so again there's all there's we've talked about a million times there's plus and minuses to both of them and i try i get this question all the time should i buy a phantom or you know like four or phantom pro whatever or especially when the advance come out i got quite a few you know questions and or even some emails about should i get the advance should i get with it one it's budget what are you doing you know are you are you going to be packing this thing up a lot are are you super concerned about your video quality and what you're getting or you know what are you doing with it Mm -hmm. that's the big question and what can you spend my opinion when you you can get uh what it's 1200 bucks here in the u.s and you get two extra batteries and a carrying case and stuff for the mavic you can't beat that that's phenomenal you know but is that what you want is that you know so it just depends yeah no, it's definitely it's definitely uh, if you're in tight quarters and stuff, it seems to be very robust. Uh, mm-hmm. Our good friend um, Alex Savada even flew in, flew one of the FT ones into a fence recently at the HQ, and yeah. it, it survived. It just dropped. And he ba- he was exactly the same thing. He was backing up trying to get TJ, mm-hmm. and while he was flying driving his buggy around and, and clipped the fence, and the thing just dropped. So I don't know if 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 he had done that with a Phantom, I'm not sure what the outcome yeah, would have been, but. Right. You know, it was those folding props, but maybe we'll see that kind of tech on the five. Who I was, knows? I was just going to ask you that. Is there some reason? Does anybody know why they don't have any kind of folding props on on the bigger Phantoms? Is it because they're not as reliable and efficient, or you know, they can't get the? I don't know. Well, I'm just wondering why they can't put the folding props on the bigger ones. I would think well, that I would think, help out. I think in the case of the four, it's just they they had already had the whole system developed. The push thumb down system and everything was all developed, so it was ready to go. Mm-hmm. And you know, then if you're if you're suddenly redeveloping a whole carrying case scenario to to work with that, but I wonder if it's the you know because of the bigger motors maybe at a certain size the the folding prop system is less efficient or it's just more likely to to have uh, failure at the at the pivot point. Mm-hmm. Because obviously the Phantom motors are spinning at a higher, uh, interesting question. I don't know what the answer is to that one yet, but it will be kind of interesting to see what they do with the 5 and if it does have that kind of tech and everything. Um, 
I would love, I would still love to see some kind of 360 camera set up on that and on those birds. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's nothing stopping you from rotating, I suppose. But like you said, if you could fly out uh, the great, I'm just we're reading through some of the comments too, just to keep up because we actually have chats going. I know. Um, but uh, it's, I it's. Like I, I just love watching how they innovate. You know, we, we kind of were like, we're expecting the pro, and then we love the suite that they put in, the camera. So they just, you know, so the five will be interesting. And, you know, it's the five probably, again, probably won't be that leap that we're looking for. But then if they do a five pro, then we kind of go, ooh. But right <laughs> now, I mean, I hate to say it, but the pro, the, the, the new four pro is – is in that sweet spot now. I've used that terminology a couple times this weekend, but um, you know, uh, it's uh, it's definitely getting to the point where you know the the the, the suite, the onboard suites that Mike talked about for backwards and for all this censoring. You mm-hmm. know, when they have a 360 bubble and they're getting better at that, and that's that that camera optics. <clears throat> I really, you know, I'd love to see that mechanical capture going, and you know, the, the camera would just be amazing. But yeah, for now we're good to go. And it, it will be interesting here coming in May. Obviously, well, in case anybody doesn't know, we I believe Mike Finley will be coming up and joining us and hanging out and flying with us. And I told him, you know, when he was up here, when he gets back home, obviously he has the Phantom Three Pro and he bought the Mavic. I said, I'm yeah. real, I'm really interested after you get a little bit of time on your belt flying the two back to back and 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 learning the mavic you know when you come up and hopefully we're going to have him in on a podcast his thoughts and differences between the two what you like what you didn't you know it'd be interesting to to hear so yeah Couple of people are saying, "Yeah, folding props on the mat uh, on even the fan would be great because then you could load it in your backpack." Someone said, "Wouldn't it be interesting if they produced Scott Carpenter?" Actually, I won't use someone. Uh, said, "Wouldn't it be interesting if they produced like a Mavic XL?" That would be interesting. Yeah, a little bit so bigger. Slightly. Yeah. I- it's interesting that, that Phantom decided that was their form factor, but if they produce something a little bigger and the arm still folded mm-hmm. down, it was, you know, Phantom size Mavic, so they can get the full size camera. Because mm-hmm. for me, the Mavic, the only reason I'm not really in love with the Mavic is because of that camera. Mm-hmm. But I mean, not that it makes a difference to the stuff I do, but right. if from, if from a professional standpoint, they're not going to get the adoption. I mean, it's, you know, um, but we've seen, you know, we've seen that they fly. Um, um, Bridge Inspector has gotten really good with his Mavic. Aaron, uh, mm-hmm. I think Aaron Bates, I think. Uh, he's gotten really good and really appreciates that sensor suite that they have on board that allows him to fly under a bridge. Uh-huh. You know, because it doesn't freak out going, oh, my goodness, I've yeah. lost my GPS lock. It switches over to its other technology and, and just keeps motoring uh-huh. along until it regains its GPS. Yeah. Because it's got all the altitude sensing uh, technology. Gotcha. So. Oh, there's so much. A bigger Mavic made of the guts from the P3. That would be possible, yep. Uh, Mike Jackson, actually, have we ever actually looked at the comparison between the three? Um, are you uh, Optics-wise, I'd say they would be on well, for a, 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 a 4K camera versus 4K camera. You're, you're getting a slight field of view difference between the two different camera systems, mm-hmm. but that's about it. Otherwise... I think the Maverick has probably got more endurance for yes. the size, yep, and obviously more sensors. So correct, yeah. yeah. Camera wise, yeah. I think they're pretty comparable. The the P three Pro might be just just a skosh better, from my understanding. Yeah, because yeah, it's got close. slightly larger lens. Yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, even this summer. So if Mike, I think Mike Finley said he was going to bring his Mavic. So we're yes. going to have a DGI flying fast, you I know, know. We'll, uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, we'll have to be careful because I'm sure actually that will be fascinating. If we have three or four DGI products, will we all start seeing, you know, video interference. That'll be really fascinating. Yeah, I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, we'll find out. But I, I'm thinking if I didn't have problems at Flight Fest last year, flying, well, you know, yeah, that's true. I don't. But think you've got your you've got your your antenna upgrade. I've seen hits on mine like crazy when there's people that are flying around on um on their uh, the two point four. Mm-hmm. Especially if they've got telemetry, I really suffer. Huh. I find when people have got telemetry. Wow, that's um, interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know, we'll see budget-wise and everything, but it, I, I really would. The only reason for me to, to upgrade, like I said, I have no problems with my three, but why I want to upgrade is Until I, don't, something. I don't have that, um, like the speed mode. So my big problem was trying trying to get air-to-air stuff, especially on the faster planes. Like Mike, you know, we've talked about, yeah. I got to point the camera down and go full throttle 24-7 just to even try yeah. to keep up and get some air-to-air footage where it'd be great to have that extra speed mode and again when we're doing air to air i'm not i don't really care there's nothing around this so i don't need the sensors you know what i mean it's just because your test pilot you know only knows one speed (laughs) yeah one speed fast and and that and trees that's Uh, it no mike does a good job (laughs) no here's the thing with here's here's the thing with mike if nobody's at the field and we're doing air to air, he does phenomenal. Like he's locked in, everything's good, he's keeping altitude. If somebody's there and he's <laughs> talking and flying, oh my lord! I'm going, Mike, turn left, Mike, uh, left, up, Mike, straight, Mike, left. left. It, it, it's a uh, battle. I, it's, I it's like apart. chewing gum and walking. Yeah, you know, I just can't do it. But if nobody's there, he's rock locked solid. On. He's just like you can't beat Mike for a you know a. a we're gonna pilot. have to get one of those jerseys that we saw, right? It says Mike is flying do not talk yeah, to him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh uh, all right we, sorry about the cough no no that's that, all right we all we get on awesome. this stupid uh phantom stuff and we could ramble on and on and on we're gonna get i'll probably get hate mail for yeah that too. i know okay i got a question for you guys and i already kind of know the answer but we'll talk about it anyway this is from Tyler Timmerman. It says, hey, guys, after, and if you don't know, we're kind of getting into some email and crash stuff, and we still haven't heard from Alex Grieve. I think what we'll do, Andre, we'll see what happened. We'll do the podcast. We'll end it. Get a hold reschedule. of him. Uh, we can either reschedule or me even maybe during the week we could do an interview with him, take some questions. You no? can. Okay, you I can. can. Oh, that's I right. You're here. gone. You're gone. I'm gone. That's right. I'm gone. And... Uh, We'll, uh, well, we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll see Figure what happens. When are you flying out? Monday, Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. Ah, okay. Tuesday. That's so, last, right? depending on how it goes, I might be, if you do a show next week, I might be able to pop in for a little bit. And yeah, do a, I was uh, kind of hoping to take That's a week. Fest West, right? Yeah, I was kind of hoping to yep. take a week off, but we'll see. Oh, my God. <sighs> I know. <laughs> Well, next weekend you take off because I'm going to be out of town as well. Oh, are you? Weekend. All right, maybe there we'll you go. just do there you that. Go. Done. No podcast this week. Okay. Oh, anyway, back on back on topic. It says, hey guys, after listening to the podcast a couple weeks ago, I got it got me thinking. Have you ever thought or tried FPV on the Radiant? I don't own a Radiant, but it seems like each after each podcast, I catch myself going to Horizon's website to to buy one. 
But I am an FPV quad guy, and I think having a Radian with an FPV system and Vario attached would be a sweet setup. Do you think the Radian could handle extra weight? Is there room to mount a camera? Also, I will be coming to Flight Fest East for the first time. Hope to meet you guys. Thanks, Tyler. Okay, Tyler. Yes, you can put FPV equipment uh, on the Radian. David Vindenstoll has done it with a Vario. I think he had a Vario on it and has had you know quite the success with it. Um, there were I can't think off the top of my head I probably should have looked it up there was a couple companies uh, that were actually making FPV I'm sure if you google it they'll pop up some FPV pods for the Radian where you could just take the stock hatch off put the FPV hatch on and set all your FPV gear up and you're ready to go is it the best? eh I wouldn't say if you kept it light, you know, didn't weigh it down a lot, you would you would be okay. But the, you definitely noticed a little extra weight. So what I actually did, and I kind of goofed up, it was an experiment. I bought the Rock Hobby Glider, which is much bigger, but it's also, you know, set up with ailerons and everything. It had a huge uh, canopy. And Mike, you know, it didn't go real well. We had some issues with it, but we set that up as a... FPV glider setup with the Vario and everything and it was okay it worked out all right I guess it depends what you want to do how far you want to take it what you want to spend now my idea was uh, I got the Radian XL now looking at the Radian XL that would be like the ultimate FPV thermal ship sailplane yeah, set up the weight fine it'd be something yes. minute but here, here's the but um the power setup on the xl is eh, it's marginal it, it it works don't get me wrong yeah. for stock i think though once you put all the fpv equipment on it's really gonna kind of to get up there yeah it's gonna struggle a little bit so if you wanted something and make an awesome setup You'd have to buy the Radiant XL, maybe upgrade the motor and ESC a little bit, make it bigger. And that would, to me, personally, I haven't tried it yet. I think it would just be an awesome, awesome FPV platform. That's my suggestion. But if you find a used Radiant, I'm sure you can find some used Radiants cheap by now. They've been, geez, how long has that thing been out now? Five, six years? I don't know. Buy a used one, get some, you know halfway decent fpv equipment and just give it a shot see what you think if everything works and you like it then you know you could upgrade so that's my thought any other suggestions thoughts or something on that now does our logo require a radian i know we teased about it yes it does okay what kind of question is that i just wanted to get that out there because i know we're going to be putting a time frame on the logo people working on them and stuff after the show mike remind me i got a few i'll show them to you okay and i'll show you the one we got one kind of in mind we we're, we're we're thinking about we like needs a little bit of tweaking but, Mike, I have had quite a few requests that they think we should have a Bigfoot picture in the logo. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Why not? Uh, absolutely No? Oh, no. That, that post on no. Facebook was fantastic. Yes. Hey, I need to return this camera. All the pictures blurred, keep coming out Mike below Finley unfocused. Mike and I was roaring, Mike. Thanks for sharing that. <laughs> He's at the he's at the counter. Can I return this camera? Like Andre was saying, all my all my images are blurry. <laughs> I just yeah, my lost selfies it. don't turn oh, out. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh 
man. Oh. Yeah, that would be a good gag t-shirt. But, uh, yeah, no, that's something, yeah, the logo is coming along. We're, uh, oh, yeah. like I said, there's a couple good ones. Actually, I just got another one that just came over my personal chat. So, uh, we'll we get something. We'll get something going, and then we'll we get, get branding a- and stickers. We, and- we should get another t-shirt made up of Bigfoot with a radio flying a tricopter. <laughs> With FPV goggles yeah, on. Yeah, with FPV goggles on. That would be phenomenal. Actually, Big yeah, flying yeah, yeah, FPV, a tricopter, yeah. standing there with a radio. With a, that would be awesome. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man, we could come up with some crazy T-shirts. <laughs> I should have never shared that story. Okay, I got another crash story here. This is from Andrew. Now, this is a long, long crash story. I'm going to try to scroll through here a little bit. Uh, And his crash story was with a FPV. I believe it's an arrow. Um, Okay, let's see if we can... When FT came out with a spear, I considered building one, but the size seemed a little larger than I wanted to go. So I got bored, decided to shrink it down 75%. And comes out the same wingspan as the arrow using Emax 2505 motors. I found that the spear's larger cargo area, and I could balance it out with a 2200. I made it on a windy day using some borrowed Fat Shark goggles, and instantly loved the way it flew with a 2200 and landing at six minutes with lots of battery spare. One day, I got up a little bit of confidence and went to a farm nearby that had a good pond and some trees so I could practice some lower proximity FPV. On one of the flights, I climbed a bit, rolled over to do a half loop backwards towards myself. Well, as soon as I rolled over, I started to pull back on the stick and realized I didn't have any pitch authority to make the maneuver. I decided to roll back out to recover, but while I was, it was happening, I had already gotten too close to the ground and ran smack into a wooden fence. Mini Spear 1.0 was now a two-piece plane. No worries. It was a, uh, that was a beauty of FT plane, so I built a Mini Spear 1.1. A friend went back. A friend and I went back to the same spot to do a little more FPV formation flying with my new mini spear and his FT mini arrow. After about two minutes in the air, he says, "I lost signal." So I landed, and we ended up finding his arrow out in the middle of a cow pasture with a few young calves looking at it, all weird. Why it was beeping? Why it was just a beeping pile of foam board that fell from the heavens. Well, with him down for the day, I decided to try some more close to the ground, in between the trees, flying. This was in early March, so the trees had no leaves, and I followed the dirt road back towards myself. I heard the great sound of foam board being shredded by tree branches. Bye-bye, Mini Spear 1.1. So I built another Mini Spear 1.2. This time added a small OSD, met up with the same friend, local park, along with his Mini Spear build. We flew some more formation, and he was chasing me uh, with the Icon A5. The wing is a blast. I had picked up a pair of fly zone goggles and wanted to try them out on the mini spear. So I went back down to the farm and flew for over nine minutes, which awesome compared to the mini arrow. When I went back to my house, decided to do a little fly. I'm trying to get through here. Some Okay. Bear with me. Okay. While flying over the trees towards this house, I saw a cleared path. So I decided to follow along the path. All of a sudden I had no control and the video in my goggles is breaking up while my plane appears to be headed towards the trees again. I quickly put my radio in. I quickly put my radio in the garage 
and started running as fast as I can through the woods, goggles in hand. After running, walking for what seemed like over six minutes, I found out from the video I saw my mini spear sitting in the middle of the grass. As I got closer, I noticed that it was now two-piece wing, but who cares? My electronics were found, <laughs> and most important part of all, the camera was still recording. I haven't got a chance to build another mini spear, but certainly will be likely there'll be a few more after that. And he's got a few pictures of the He fence. might want to look into the bulk package 10 or something when he buys this. The funny part of that was he he got out of control and lost signal and he threw his radio down in the garage and, and went running FPV, after it. Yeah, strictly with the goggles. Oh, man. I wish I had done that when I lost my H-quad. <laughs> You were on top of a roof building. How were you going to throw your radio down and chase No, I was in a it? parking lot. Oh, you were? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were up on the roof. No, now. but I didn't even think about taking the goggles in my search back then. That's pretty early on. Oh, yeah. Me, just start walking that way and see if and you see got, if got it. I got uh, signal. Yeah. Yeah. Dang it. All right. This is from our buddy Derek for. for Fernandez out in Colorado. Derek, I don't know what you do, where you get your money supply. I don't think I... I get as many crash stories from anybody like I do from you. And it's not like you're crashing $2 foam board airplanes. You're crashing like big 120cc gas engines. Oh, my like, gosh. I don't know how you do it. I don't – I just like – I would – if I crashed as much as you did with the stuff you did, I'd think uh, I'd quit. Uh, I would just be ruined. Yeah. So, Derek, I, I, I appreciate all the crash stories. I absolutely love it, but I, I don't know how you do it. Anyway, here's another one from Derek. He says, hey, guys, this is a big crash. <laughs> I learned to fly RC when I was four years old. The first plane was the Hobby Lobby Telemaster, and I still, still have it to this day. So I was flying this morning, and I took out the Telemaster. Another kid who I will say was about 14 had a flight test alpha when you're at a club, you fly in a circle pattern. Oop, lost it. And if you fly more than w with two other people, you got to fly in the circle pattern, which we all know at a club. This kid was flying all over the place and almost hit three people. Many of the club members told him they needed to fly the pattern so his plane wouldn't hit anybody else. Well, guess who was the lucky one? I was flying the telemaster, and he flew his little jet right into my engine. The engine vibrated and pulled out of the plane. The telemaster became a pile of sticks covered in grass and monocote. The Alpha cracked in just two places. It didn't hit the prop. It just hit the side of the engine where it was exposed. When I turned to the kid, I thought he was going to apologize, but instead he went crying to his dad, and, and then his dad yelled at me for not flying carefully and damaging the kid's airplane. The other club members hand handed them the kid's plane and asked them to leave as his dad was beginning to shout because they saw what really happened. As a tradition at my club, when you crash your first plane beyond repair, we burn it in the middle of the runway. Electronics and all. When you, cra when you crash into someone's plane, especially if it was a $1,500 total in-loss, we be kind and apologize. Not a great day of flying. I really want to get a new senior telemaster, but I don't think I will. What a bummer that is. Wow. Talk nope. about insane. I don't know if I like the burning my rest of the parts in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the field part. You know? I would be okay with my cub doing that. Yeah. <laughs> well, when we get done with that, there won't be no parts to burn up, Mike. Uh, let's see. Here's one from Steve Simpson. He says, this is a crash story from the 90s and one a bit more recent. All right. 
He says, I thought you might like an older crash story. I first started flying back in the mid-90s. I was really trying to learn on a chart mascot, but the first year I had so many problems with the engine, I got nowhere and ended up writing it off in a crash thanks to a flat transmitter battery. For Christmas that year, I received an you-know-what which recommends a 25 or 30 two-stroke nitro motor. Being me, I shortened in a oh, I shoehorned in a Super Tiger 40. The beast could prop hang quite happily, but it um, also had an unbelievable glide. I usually had to kill the engine just to land. One of the noticeable features of the Super Tiger 40 when compared to other engines of the same capacity was the size of the silencer. I had I had opt opted mount this engine sideways so the exhaust exited below. Unfortunately, this meant that several times there was a heavy landing. The tail dragger undercarriage would compress and the silencer would catch the tarmac. After breaking a few exhaust stubs and ripping out the firewall several times, I eventually had to replace the firewall. Unfortunately, my engineering skills weren't what they are now and I hadn't taken sufficient consideration on how much glue had soaked into the fuselage over how many times I had to repair. So next time out, I started up, taxied off, and flew around quite happily. When throttled up and entered a loop, at the bottom of the loop, the aircraft continued to pitch up. The engine pitched down, with the CG now probably a good foot behind where it should have been. The aircraft was completely out of control. The engine disappeared into the rough ground and to be lost forever. After a long walk of shame and some searching, I found the aircraft right up in a bush, apart from the engine undamaged. The next week, I had it back flying with an OS-40 in front. Engineering lesson learned. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so what do you do? Put hot glue on? Well, he had so much he had so much glue on it uh, underneath there on the fuselage. The, the, yeah, the uh, the CG. It was completely out of CG. And sure. when he went up and tried to do a loop how the motor the motor came away from the plane or not is that uh it says the engine uh, now that the cg a footboard the aircraft was completely out of control the engine disappeared into the rough ground and to be lost forever engine. so it did so, pull, so it sounds like it pulled out of the fuselage yeah, yeah. and completely yeah. went away from the plane <laughs> smashed so somewhere into the ground yeah. and never found it but the plane came down he got it down into one piece wow I can't imagine a motor just ripping. I know. Can you imagine? Rah, I've seen them loose for the, you know, yeah. but to completely rip out. And with a gas, with a gas motor, it's going to keep going for a little bit. Like Wow. Okay. Here's another part to the story. Now, the engine was lost, right? I think it was the following spring. I heard a rumor. A few weeks later, I had the engine back. A farmer <laughs> had found it and handed it over to a fellow modeler. I no longer have the you-know-what, although I kind of want to get one for nostalgia, but I do have the engine. It's never been run since I got it back, and it needs a replacement carburetor, but I intend to get it running again sometime. Wow. <laughs> That's funny. I think I would put that on a plaque and just put it on yeah, the wall. Yeah, just mount it, you know? Yeah, I agree. Okay, something more recent, he says, a Bixler 2, doing some FPV, flying along a small stream at the bottom of the field, which doubled as a Death Star trench. That's kind of a cool reference. Nice little uh, bush at one end you need to hop over. Noted a gap between a big tree and the rest of the trees. Thought it looked like the Bixler 2 could fit right through the gap. It was a Bixler size 2 gap. Got it... through a few times, then didn't take care of the following and slightly uh, squinched approach. 
Tree one, Steve zero. A trip home to get the fiberglass poles from uh, a tent. An audio lead, no rope, string, and torch as it was now pitch black. I started to persuade the tree to release aircraft, which was still in one piece, at least until I knocked it out of the tree and it landed at my feet and snapped the nose off. But it was totally worth it. And he posts the uh, YouTube video there. <laughs> oh, man. We haven't had ourselves any real... Of course, we haven't been flying. Yeah, though. you said you're going out later. I, I may have to join you and take some. I don't yeah. know what I'll take, but... I'm get our video back here. We may have... I've I'm, I'm been itching to get out, too. Uh, let's see. Do-do-do. Logo. Let's see if I got a... However, turkey season starts tomorrow morning, so... What? Yeah, I'll be actively turkey hunting. I might go look for mushrooms today, too. Okay, this is from Jacob. He says, Since our favorite Canadian bought a truck, we will not talk about that. I don't know what you're talking about. Here's a funny short story about a different crash. In my town, the river... The only reason I'm keeping this is is kind of funny, and I've been in a situation like this, and I know what it's like. In my town, the river splits and leaves one side mostly dry, but it's soft ground and a perfect place to uh, drive and race your RC truck. There's also a bridge where you can sit on and drive your truck below. It's for pedestrian traffic, and only... There are only people there that are walking across, and it's mostly a dry riverbed. So there I was, driving my 4x4 truck, digging through the sand, jumping across natural ramps. What could go wrong? Having a great time. Some people stopped and watched, and we had a nice talk. When finally, far out, almost out of line of sight, the car flipped over and landed upside down. I've done this a million times, and it sucks, because then you got to go walk and walk and walk. Well, time for the walk of shame in front of several people on their weekend walk. Okay, it could be worse. Could have been a multi-rotor stuck in a tree. It became worse when I realized that the whole time I was driving on knee-deep, soft, and mushy quicksand. It carried the car easily, but obviously not me. And there I was. The car was really far out and not so dry obviously what I thought riverbed since I had a long line of sight to the bridge it carried no water at the time but it was not dangerous to retrieve the car but boy what a mess I was in knee deep mud all the way now a group of people had the same view from the bridge on me wading through the wet sand to get my car it was the messiest walk of shame I ever had and it wasn't even for an aircraft that Uh, would stink That sounds like when I when I put the tricopter down in the creek. That was the same experience, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, let's see. I think that's all we got for crash stories on that one. That's it. Crash story's done. All right. Mm-hmm. Keep them coming, folks. Remember, yes. RC After Hours at podcast at gmail.com. Yep. Um, and we will, I will uh, be moving over to a better email system in a little bit. Thanks oh, so we're going to com- change a complete email again? or? Well, well, we'll have something at rcafterhours.com okay. eventually. Mm-hmm. So that'll make it easier and better for people to get stuff. Uh, I think we'll just do some, we'll probably do like stories. Okay. So people can send direct and it'll just be cleaner, easier for us to gather and all that wonderful content because we do appreciate the stories because, yes. man, they're funny. And eventually I want to be able to post them, so keep them in. Send your photos and that, and my goal is to eventually have them up on the website as well so people can uh, we can you know have a nice little uh, archive going on of uh, people's crash stories. 
So because I think that would be fantastic. Just you know, then people can sh- we can share that and just we can publish them out afterwards and then just have them there for everybody to enjoy. Right. Oh, one thing I wanted to say real quick. I got a big. Let's see. No, that wasn't it. Uh, somewhere on here, I got a crash story from a J- James Grieve, and I've had it for a little while, but for some reason the way he sent it. The, wor- the words are like it's this giant email and they're super super small and like on my phone or tablet so I gotta print it out and probably read it so James I didn't forget about you I just have to print it out and try to format. read it yeah it's like oh yeah. my lord yeah I can't I have I can't read that one <laughs> wow that looked like lions from over here yeah but we'll get we'll get it back well guys thanks for joining us I uh, apologize I'm, I'm not sure who knows Alex might have had an emergency we don't know about uh, sure. we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get to the bottom of it and see what happened to poor Alex I hope he's okay yeah I you do know because he's he's generally one that's uh, on the ball and you know I'm sure he was excited to get on talk about his antennas sure. I mean I was on the website Andre like I haven't been on you know up to date on because you know I got uh, yep. a couple sets of antennas and they work great and I have no problems but I got you know since we were going to have them on one do a little research and was on yeah. holy cow does that guy have some serious and not only antennas you know we were going to talk about he's got a whole line of planes but that's yeah. a lot of antennas and I was very yeah. curious to like dig in and dive in and go like why this what's this why does this yep. one work but you know what I mean I was really right, your really, notes I what almost we'll have a everybody. headache thinking about it I know how oh. complex antennas can yeah. be and it's like yeah. oh lord you better we have had a whole load on. of Go ahead. Sorry, Mike. Sorry. Good, no. uh, I was saying we, we had a whole load of questions, so I guess it's an opportunity for everybody else to uh, keep firing in your questions. We'll put them into a Word, uh, a Google Doc, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll basically, um, you know, we'll ha- we'll save them and we'll reschedule with Alex. We'll we'll drop him a note later in the week and see if we can get him in in two weeks when I get back from from yeah. my trip or something like that, just to, to that effect. But uh, so keep the questions coming because uh, there he is definitely a guy that you want to pick. Uh, his brain about everything because I know he's been busy and I know he's got a lot of he, he, he's really good at hinting at what he's doing and yeah. we can read into it a little bit so uh, you know he's definitely interesting I've I've had the the, the, the chance to talk to him a couple times in person so mm-hmm. yep alright folks that's probably uh, going to be it for us um, we'll have to retitle this podcast <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll change it up but uh, again, like Andre said, hit us up on our email. Uh, we're probably going to take next week off, I think. We'll see yeah. how it goes. We're still working yeah. on doing the, um, what I want to say, the radio calling show. I'm still working out some details, seeing if we, we're going to probably try that here um, pretty soon. Um, that's it. We're out of here. We'll see you probably in a couple weeks, right? Ah, we made it all almost right, two hours without our guests, so uh, I guess we're okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, all right, we'll uh, see you guys soon. See ya. Bye. <laughs>